Pie darting, had the space to lead him to. Kerno had grander plans. <laughs> Charlie ignites the Blues on half-time. Now it's up to Graham. Ball spills in the tackle. Pendlebury takes him on left foot around the corner. He had a ball jumping every inch-way. Outside of the boot might just work out for Butler. Waits for it to settle and sit. Kicks. Goals! Yes, he does! Saints are on a roll! Well, listeners, we're back for the round three wrap on the MPO Sports Podcast. I'm joined by a... Well, is he on? Are we on suicide watch yet at Geelong? I don't know. How are you, Jez? Uh, very, very close to suicide watch, but um, uh, um, enough not on suicide watch to make it here tonight. Yeah, and look, look, let's not um, be light on the serious issue of suicide, but it's just in jest on this, um, listeners. And we're also joined by 2.5, the Carlton supporter. And that would be Mr. Wood. How are you? That's no, still undefeated. So that's that's how I'd, I'd prefer you to introduce it. Undefeated. It is two point five though. It's it's undefeated. Three three losses between us. All three of us. <clears throat> I think that's right. That's correct. Fun time. Well, seeing it, the hottest topic in football, apart from descent, is the Geelong's performance so far. Let's start with Geelong, Jeremy. Where do I start? Um, look, I think we we showed. Well, I went to the well. I went to the Collingwood game in round one, and we actually showed flashes in that game that we were sort of, you know, continuing along our way. So we, I think, we, against Collingwood, we we held leads of about 22, 27 points at some stage during the night, um, and just got ran, ran over. And then the Carlton game was a, Carlton game was a little bit different. It was pretty tight tussle most of the way, but Carlton just held a slim lead for most of the night. Is that accurate, Woody? Um, I think Carlton were just slightly better. I think they that were, was, yeah, that was they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, but but I, I, yeah, it never blew out to a massive lead or anything like that. I don't know, it was a close game most of the night, and Carlton were just better when it mattered. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought, uh, all right. Uh, you can give them a pass. They play two pretty reasonable teams. So we've got the Gold Coast down this week, who got belted by Sydney at home, and then um, although competitive against Essendon, they uh, never uh, really up, in it. Yeah. Can I up. can I just make a statement? Yeah. That would be the goal. That would be the Gold Coast. I predicted we're probably going to win the game, and I got uh, a little bit of um, well, a bit of attitude from our Geelong colleague. Well, yeah, you, you, you have every right to uh, you have every right to gloat, mate. I'm not I'm not going to uh, not going to deny you any opportunity to that because we, quite frankly, um, you know, quite frankly, we we don't deserve for you not to for not for you not to. So um, I'm not going to gloat. I'm just saying I did make the call because it was up there, and I did cop a bit of dissent, which happens in the AFL club. <laughs> dissent, well, yes, something we, we may cover a bit later on. Um, yeah, so we've got some pretty reasonable names in there. Uh, it looks like a normal grand final side you just trot out, and they they came out and you basically you could tell pretty early on that they weren't there 
there you can the teams teams playing us with the reigning premiers and everything teams playing us they're going to be dog hungry and want to get after us and 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 actually try and get in there try and get in their faces and all that which the gold coast did uh, we had a pretty reasonable start in the first quarter and i thought if we just if we just after kicking a couple of goals to you know they were struggling a bit if we just you know managed to sneak a couple more Kind of put their foot in their, kind of put the foot in their throat early. It might have dipped their confidence, but um, no, apparently not. Apparently, um, uh, which is still, still an issue. Teams are able to just uh, sift through us like butter from their half back line, and just able to trans, just to just transfer the ball from their back to their forward line with with relative ease. Uh, Cart were doing the same in round two, and that's how Colin would beat us actually. Um, just slicing through us like butter. And our defence, it's not like our defence, um, it's because the ball was mo- able to be moved so quickly from one end to the other, the defence was caught out constantly. And they were constantly having to chase tail. And, um, so that only works when <coughs> when your blokes in the middle are actually putting in. And I don't think, I don't think any players from Geelong that day were dog-hungry. I reckon they were up there for a holiday. They come out. They were like, well, like in the first game. They were smiling. No, no one, no one was dog hungry for a win against Gold. You know Coast. what it reminded me of? Yeah, it reminded me. I remember at about round nineteen last year when Carlton cruised across to Adelaide mm-hmm. and just thought, we'll, we'll we'll mosey on in. We'll grab four points and then and then we'll worry about next week later on. Um, that that's what it reminded me of. They thought, let's just show up and we've got to win. If if twenty two players take the field, then we'll win. Yeah, um, they didn't yep. look hungry. They didn't look like they didn't look like they wanted it. Um, Patrick Dangerfield is meant to be their captain. Let's make no mistake. There's a difference between being a captain and being a leader. Um, he hasn't shown any ounce of leadership well, so far well, this year. I, I hate to harp back on because he's gone. Because I hate to harp back on Joel Selwood, but I can guarantee you, a quarter time, he would have been looking through a couple of blokes and letting him know <coughs> that um, their effort wasn't acceptable. Whereas, As I said, uh, there's a difference whereas, between having a title of captain and being yeah, a captain and being yeah. a leader. And Dangerfield is not a leader. That and is, whereas Danger, Danger tends to worry about his own game, and his game is like um, <coughs> so far this year, he plays all right in five minute bursts. And he might have one or two of those during the game, and the rest of the game is literally a wall, goal missing. Yeah. Um, well, no, no, no continuity. No continuity going forward. Every time they bang it forward, there's about three blokes on Hawkins. The only one with any saving grace whatsoever is Jeremy Cameron, and without him, would be <coughs> literally rooted. Um, to, uh, well, Hawkins, well, Hawkins needs a mini preseason. I think he should probably take about four weeks off and. Do a mini preseason. Um, the, the okay, small... so if Hawkins, if Hawkins has a spell, who comes in? Well, that's the issue you've got. It doesn't seem to be an issue for the team that's on top of the ladder at the moment, does it? Well, no they they just they're just next man up. Yeah, precisely. There, there's so... not a that that's more to do with the coach and the coaching style, which we've become accustomed to. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, but why when it can't, comes to Geelong, why can't why can't we adjust though? Uh, so he, he he's um uh you think of dog hungry dog hungry players 
someone who would lead the way would be Tom Atkins. No, didn't see anything out of him. Uh, Brian Myers and Brad Close, your high your high half forwards who drift down to the half back line. They ran around a bit, but and in, in their chains of handballs and kicks to get from one end to the other, the amount of times they missed targets, um, spilled a handball. Uh, it just gave the Gold Coast that's, enough, that's time, lack, enough that, time to get that's there. That's lack of interest. That's it lack is lack of interest. interest. No, they weren't um, interested. It, it, tell you what would have been really hard on the weekend is giving your your best and fairest votes for Geelong on the weekend because yep. Jeremy Cameron tried and had a good game. Um, and I think that's where the list ends. It just it was a very lethargic, pathetic effort, really. Yeah, uh, Zach Zach Tui was just. Uh, uh, running around like it didn't matter. He was just playing with a bunch of kids. Um, we got Sam DeConing and Radaglia and Stewart down there. I, I'll put it to you. Would the back line actually be better off without Radaglia there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. This is not having a this is not having a pot at him. I don't think I don't I'm not think pot, he's I'm not potting him here. He's, he's, he has tried very hard. But I think it, is, I think uh, I think a back line without Radigalia in it. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a counter question to you there. So yeah. for the last few years, he's been tried up forward to very limited success. Would you agree? Yeah. So now he's been t- tried down back, and we're questioning that. Is he up to AFL standard? That's the question that needs to be asked. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, if it, if it, I. Can... He'll be given more opportunities, but uh, I can guarantee you, if it was uh, one one Ross Lyon in charge of Geelong, um, I don't think he'd give me, he'd give Brett Agulham any more chances. Because because if he well, if he was a capable forward, they wouldn't have tried him down back. No, and now I'm not I'm not blaming him, because um, he does try hard. He creates a lot of contests and spills a lot of marks, but it's not even that. It's uh, uh, the the recruits we got. Well, I I um. Rated air recruits last week. Um, Jack Bowes is just a serviceable player and nothing more, and that's all it'll ever be. Tanner Brun is just vanilla. That is, I, I I question whether Tanner Brun is even in your best twenty-two. I don't. How how Brandon Parfit doesn't get a game in that team who was getting smashed out of the centre square has it, just got me baffled. Um, if you take Brun out, if you take Brun and Bose out, put Parfit and Menegola in there, you might see you might see a different result. But they've got to, they they have to play their new recruits. Ollie Henry looked good, but he didn't really impact the game a great deal at all. See, Ollie Henry, he's just going to be that bit part player, though, isn't he? And you've yeah. seen it. We've seen it in the first couple of weeks against Collingwood and Carlton. There was moments where he stood up. Um, that's all he's ever going to be, and that's all he has to be if Hawkins is fit and firing and Cameron is fit and firing. He just needs to be that bit part player. Yeah. But uh, with Hawkins being underdone, as you said, whether he needs a spell for a month or whatever, he can't. He can't be a dominant forward, can he? He can just be that one that floats in and out, which is really the role of a third tall, which is what he's tailor made for. But if he has to step up and be a, that second key forward, he can't do it. I think I think teams and teams have figured it out figured out a way to get through our defence and like what are we going to do about it? They're getting through in the middle of the ground. They just got the free players are just everywhere because they're willing to run and get into space and get the well, ball. That was that was the, that was the thing that was evident more against in the Collingwood game and 
that's not a knock on Geelong as such. That's just the way that Collingwood swarm <laughs> when they get the ball. Um, but too often, um, Gold Coast players just sort of got five or ten meters yep, on their on, the, on their um, opponent on their opponent and just streamed forward in numbers. I know. Jack Lukosius was a massive beneficiary. There's a few blokes there that um, I think they're. I actually think they're satisfied. I think I think Dangerfield's satisfied. I think his cup is full. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I, as you know, I question. Well, I think I think Zach Tui. I think anyway. I think Zach. I think Zach Tui is pretty satisfied. Right, I, I want to. I'll give you some homework for next week. Yeah. So you go through that list, and we're going to be talking about the guys that are the other side of thirty, mostly in this. Guys that are just satisfied, as you're saying. So you look at those guys that you think are satisfied, and maybe you Chuck Hawkins in there as well. Jack Hawkins um, in there. Isaac Smith's running around with a smile on his face when they're down nineteen yeah. points. So and and there we and that's the thing. We've got four or five blokes there that are the other side of thirty. Um, have a look at Geelong's list for next week and see who who have you actually got to replace those guys because maybe they're satisfied because they know there's no competition. They're just going to get a game no matter what. Yep. Yeah, they're just going to they're just going to get a game. <laughs> and the thing leading up to it was. Um, Oh, it's really going to be difficult to get spots in this team. Uh, Ray Stanley's out. Uh, John Segler, who was hopeless, by the way, he moves about five kilometres an hour. Um, to be fair, Geelong should have expected that because John Segler's been hopeless his whole career. So yeah, I don't yes, know why yeah. they thought they'd get someone someone that's not John Segler when they traded for John Segler. All right, so you so you have a you, you have a midfield right of starting. A starting midfield of uh, Parfit. We'll throw Dangerfield in because he's captain. And he has to. So Parfit, Dangerfield, Menegola, and uh, that's and just Stan- hardness with and, Menegola and, 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 and Parfit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and Stanley. Um, I think I, I saw one of the one of the set of bounces. We had Brun, we had Bose, um, we had Brun and Bose, and I think I think um, Myers was in there. Or something. I'm like, this is ridiculous. They're trying to. They're trying to. Hey, you know what? That's that's that, that's, that's, that's as good as it's going to get. That's arrogance that, for me. Twenty-two. No, that's just arrogance. Yeah. They, they thought they were just going to wander up and just uh, and just get a win they needed to get, and then come home with four points. They thought they, they thought it was just going to happen. How much credit do you give Gold Coast, though, rather than how much do you blame Geelong? I think I think had Geelong actually put the foot to the floor in the first quarter and got a fair distance between them, it it may have broken the Suns' confidence. But the Suns are able to put a few goals in in the first quarter. By the end of it, it was pretty much level pegging. Yeah. And, and, the yeah, the, and the longer the game went, and the closer the Gold Coast were, that you could see that the, their confidence confidence is growing more and more. Yeah. But yeah, we, I, I actually thought thought coming into tonight, Tim, we'd see a um, a fired up, fired up JW, but um, we've just seen a disheartened one, really, haven't we? Yeah, the, I mean, the kicking for goal was just atrocious. It was for it, and it, yeah. was, it, it, it was for both sides. Let's be honest. But, We're struggling um, with Tim's audio there. I think he was trying to say something, but it didn't come through. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no you're still not coming. Gone. You're still not coming through, Tim. So, <laughs> we, we, but, we'll uh, work, while we're, technical technical while, difficulties, we'll work on that. While we're waiting on that, I just want to see a couple of stats that come through. So, no reigning premier has ever started the next season zero and three. And Look, since we're not, we're not trying, we're, we're not trying to make history here. But well, you could be. But and more worryingly, I think since the year about two thousand, teams that have started zero and three make the final sixteen percent of the time. So I think there's probably some cause for concern. Well, cool. We might have Tim back now too. Might might we might no, we, we um, <laughs> no we don't apparently not. <laughs> um, might we uh, have might we sneak into the finals? And not do a great deal. What does that? What does that do? What does that achieve? Would you ra- honestly? Would you rather sneak into the finals and lose by seven goals week one, or would you rather finish, you know, twelfth or thirteenth and get a top five or six pick? Look, look, it's a challenge. We're going to be a different looking team. Hopefully, in the next in the next few weeks or so. Um. See what happens, in, and if they get a if they get a bit of fitness. So missing missing Jack Henry and Colin Jasney from the back line is hurt, which means Brad Galea has to play a bigger role. All right, I, I just I don't know. I don't think Brad is the answer. Uh, no, as I said, I think we've really got to question whether whether he's um, actually. Up to AFL standard, yeah. But, it, but there are times when he was the ground ball, which he fumbles a lot. Let Gold Coast in, there. and if if we act, if we turn the ball over, forget it because teams are gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, teams are gone. We don't we don't have the want to get it in the midfield, and we don't have the want to try and stop anyone anybody moving the ball. And I don't know who's in charge of that. Well, but, you'd like to think that there was some leadership. It's like team, teams have teams, teams have studied there. teams have studied up on, on us, and like this is the way to get through their defence, and they're doing it easily. They're not. We're not putting but, up any. We're not putting up any resistance whatsoever. I tell you what, though, you got the Hawthorne this week, so you should be bouncing back. You should if if should. If you don't win this week, then there's serious, serious Good. Although, of, of late, Hawthorne have a tendency to get us on Easter Monday, which has me a bit frightened. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, should would be is the operative word, I think. Anyway, I don't want to spend the entire pod talking about Geelong because um, I've, I've had enough of thinking about them until Easter Monday, I think. No, fair enough. And I think we're still without Tim, aren't we? Yeah, I can't hear Tim whatsoever. No. no I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know how he made it. I don't know how, I don't know how he made the audio work the first time, but we'll just no, we'll, we'll press on right. here. Press on. Um, was the Blues well, GW, was the Blues GWS game frustrating to watch? It was, and I'd suggest the only time, the only reason 
um, anyone would tune into that and just re-watch it is if you want to say that you've watched one of the worst games of football that's ever been played. Like, yeah, it, it was it was very ordinary. <clears throat> I watched it all, obviously, because I have vested interest in it. But if I was a neutral, I would have switched it off. Yeah, I didn't didn't get to watch a whole lot of the game, like a like a, a maybe uh, second half. Well, watch the end of the last quarter and that um, when Carlton yeah. got a Carlton got a ridiculous decision to put him in front. Oh, uh, you know what? Let's. You can blame umpires all you want, whatever. But um, there's a lot of which is a lot of GWS fans were doing. But if you want to go back and actually look at that, um, Harry McKay was brought down after being held for about you know two or three seconds without the ball. So yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Carlton had an argument to so say it wasn't. Let's let's not let's not even harp on umpiring decisions and all that sort of stuff because it really matters not much at all. Um, Carlton kicked nine goals, twenty. If that's, you know, even 15 goals, 14, they're five or six goals up at that point anyway, and it doesn't even matter. So bad kicking's bad football. It's always been that way. And as a as a general rule across the whole league, um, the last few years, kicking for goal is getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's to the point now where some players are, more, are mere liabilities just for being in the team because of the, for that reason. Well, we'll look at the Hawthorne and North Melbourne game and during the commentary, and I think we've got Tim back. Can you hear me this time, guys? We've we got can, you yeah, now. We, yeah. You're worrying. So during during the commentary of the um, North Melbourne and Hawthorne game, um, Kelly Underwood said, oh, don't show that replay, um, poor Lloyd Meek, um, because he's right in front of goal 10 metres out on top of the square, he's tried to kick the outside of the ball <coughs> to to sort of put it through as a banana and he's kicked it flush <coughs> centre and he's missed even the points by about 15 metres. So this is the problem with goal kicking. The commentators and everyone say, oh, you know, let's not show that again and embarrass him. Yes, let's do it. Let's embarrass him. That should be impossible at AFL level. That's an absolute joke of a kick. If you're, just, if you're um, on an AFL level, that is an absolute joke. Just on that, Woody, um, where do you stand on the Kelly Underwood as a commentator? Because you see on social media regularly people just, but they just open it. It's open season on Kelly Underwood. I think, as with most things on social media when it comes to footy fans, I don't think as a collective a lot of them think for themselves. They just sort of run with whatever the popular narrative <clears> is. <throat> so with Kelly Underwood, and it's the same with Daisy Pierce, I think a lot of people uh, actually sort of, I don't know, what threatens the wrong word or unaccustomed or just don't like a female um, calling a men's game. Um, I, I used to like Kelly Underwood um, when she started out um, ABC and on Channel 10 with the commentary, but I think she's actually getting worse. Um, but you know what? She, everyone likes, as you said, everyone likes to highlight the mistakes and stuff she makes, but she makes a lot less faux pas and mistakes during calling a game than BT. He's he's unbearable and she she's 
just as capable as him. So if you're going to bag, bag <coughs> her, um, probably throw some of that towards BT. And as far as Daisy Pierce goes, um, she's actually quite knowledgeable on the game um, in her sideline commentary and stuff like that. So uh, I think people just need to get used to the fact that there's going well, to be women well, even, in the commentary box. Even um, what's, the, what's the other female boundary rider on Channel 7? Um, Abby, Abby Holmes. She's not even hopeless. Like She's still reasonable. She's good. Um, Nat Edwards does a bit, a bit here and there as well. I think they're capable. Georgie Parker, um, she does that show. I can't think what it's called, the one with Adam Cooney. Um, yep. She's pretty good as well. Some of the stuff she says is ridiculous and she tries to play the feminist card sometimes. But for the most part, she's pretty good. Well, it, it all sort of started way back... Um when you had the Tiffany Cherries on um, Fox Footy back in the day and that was the female. You know what? She's, into the I think, is, she, is she still involved in Fox <laughs> Footy? I think she is. No, Cherry, I don't she? think she – no, Tiff Cherry's mixed up with Tennis Australia. Okay. But, yeah, she 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 actually set a solid foundation for women coming through the door on yeah. Fox Footy, I think. Between her and um, – Who's the other Miss- one we got now? Sarah something – yeah, uh, but I was um, say can't Tiff, think of her name. But oh, there's Sarah Tiff Cherry. But no, there's yeah, there's but, definitely a place for it. So I think definitely you know between between Tiff Cherry and um, what's the name Lane? They sort of really started. Oh, didn't Sam they? Lane, yeah, mm, Sam yeah. Lane was good. But you know, and the same with <clears> Sam Lane. People say she only got the job or got her foot in the door because of her old man. Well, that's probably true, but she's acquitted herself quite well. Oh, just even if that gave her the head, gave her the start, she made her own um, foundation. But, but you so. know what? You know, the only reason a lot of the guys are in the commentary box now is because they played footy. Like they're not getting in the commentary box based on their commentary skills. Like Luke Hodge is pretty ordinary to listen to. He's only there because he was a bloody good footballer. Yeah, yeah, he's got a very vanilla voice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that, that no, was me talking bad, about Carlton's bad kicking for goal. Far bad for us to pick on anyone's um, broadcasting voice, by the way. Yeah, well, no, that's sure. true. If you're that's still true. with what us, it, you've done well. Um, so what else we got about Carlton? Because we've got to squeeze um, in some Kilda. I just, just <clears> wanted to t- touch on how good Ollie Hollands has been in his first three games. Yeah, hats off to he's, Ollie Hollands. He's been excellent. He's... <clears throat> He's, he's been really, really good. I question his disposal after round one. Um, it's getting better. It's still not probably good enough, but he's three games in. If he continues to get better, that's fine. And I actually posted to you guys, I think, in our group chat, um, a contest on the ball, on the wing um, between him and... Can't remember who it was, um, but just where they there was a loose ball on the ground, and they just turned their bodies and went went shoulder to shoulder with each other. Uh, Woody, um, um, we... 40, 42 touches, but uh, um, I think it's like one hundred and nine super coach points or something for Crips. What does that tell you? <clears throat> uh, tells me that he's largely just handballing. Yeah, Tom you're right. Mitchell like. Twenty five handballs, uh seventeen kicks. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, shall we move on? We shall.
We're, uh, the, okay. the, are we uh, so we're going we're going from bottom to middle to top, are we? Yeah, it seems that way. Um, I I just want to just point out, funny enough, on that subject of female commentators and guys getting a job because they played the game, Campbell Brown's team of the week. How in the heck can he put Alex Keith in ahead of um, Wilkie in the back line? Is this a team's torment? I, I just think the guy's an absolute muppet. Like, seriously. He's up there with some of the greats of ridiculous calls like Braden Crocker. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. uh, to be fair, got, I think Cro- yeah. Crocker, Crocker's got, got him in his uh, rolling All-Australian. Oh, yeah. No, Crockett. So he should. Yeah, he has. <clears throat> um, what, probably, what we might start doing is we might start posting um, his uh, power rankings on our page. Yes. Oh, that, yeah, anyway, that, that, that was one point I wanted to make. Um and the other, the other point I wanted to point out about St Kilda was, and it's actually, um, I've actually forgotten, so I'll just go in and double check it. Mason Wood. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Is um, I don't know how in the heck we're going to replace Mason Wood, who's replaced probably two or three other guys in the midfield that are injured. Like, it's just getting ridiculous at St Kilda. Yeah, yeah but they keep finding a way, don't they? Well, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah. Don't, they don't they keep coming up with? <clears throat> don't they keep coming up with enough to win, though? It's got to be hard <clears throat> at the moment. At the moment, interesting. Um, before you joined us, Woody, for the recording, I was pointing out to Jeremy points conceded. St Kilda, one hundred and sixty-seven. The next best is one hundred and ninety-seven, which is Richmond. So Ross, the boss, must be doing something right. Uh, so do- here's the thing: we, when it comes to Ross Lyon coach teams, they don't give up easy points. So that doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me. But what does surprise Jer- me is how easily they're scoring points. They are actually, say, from a neutral perspective, from a yep. neutral perspective. You, when you when you look at um, Ross Lyon coach teams, you just think that that rolling mall sort of stuff, don't you? Stoppage after stoppage after mm. stoppage, but. But when they get going, they're free flowing and they're actually good to watch. And there's a few um, guys that actually got plenty of points skills. on the board. They're putting plenty of points on the board. And their field kickings improved somewhat this year under Ross already. Yeah. So there's only six teams that have actually scored more <clears throat> points than St Kilda as well, which is very un Ross Lion, un Ross Lion like. Um, but it's actually good to see. But the other thing comparing that is. If you look at how many we've conceded, I'm sure that we'd probably uh, match it with a couple of those teams at the moment. Uh, well, you know what? You've you've got a better percentage than anyone else, so that tells you a fair bit there. You're yeah. scoring points as easily as you're giving them up. So you're getting and, and you get scoring more points, and you're not giving them up easily. And you're getting your scores, getting your scores out of a Dan Butler and a Jack Higgins. You know, you're not relying oh. on. Is there, something, what, is, there, is there something to be said for um, not looking for a Max King all the time and being somewhat unpredictable? Yeah, I think there's some um, there's some validation in that statement. Um, but the million dollar question on everyone's lips is collar or no collar? Oh, absolutely, the collar. I loved it. Uh, uh, it should be. Should be a permanent staple to the St Kilda jumper, and it should be only St Kilda that we're. Yeah, yeah. And no, you know what? 
we should we should see more of them in the long sleeve too because that St Kilda long sleeve top with the collar is about as good as a footy jumper gets. And and matter of fact, once mine arrives, I may even do a selfie for our page. Oh, you you can't not do that. It is a yes, that, that it is, is that, that as is, good a looking it, footy top as you'll see. That is definitely a must. Now, can I just before we wind up because we're obviously running low on time. Um, the old dissent subject. I've seen um, someone get pinged for asking why a free kick was paid. That is not dissent. No, it's not. Um, a uh, of, uh... I think the, the, did the umpire see it as demonstrative? He was asking a question. He may have held his arms up like, "Why was that a? Why was that a?" Um, uh, I think. Free I think kick? The, the wording. The wording was, "How is that not a free kick?" Well, okay, either but, way, it's asking a question, isn't it? So that means yeah, I, I agree. I agree for what it's worth. I'm just, uh, that, just that mean, saying exactly. That what means we're, we're going to have to reverse every free kick that's ever paid, if that's the standard. Yeah, it was a ridiculous. Well, there's always a player. There's always a player that will question every free kick, and all three of us have played competitive sport, no matter which sport it is. We every time an umpire or an official makes a decision, we always question it. So the umpires need to realise and get some sort of feel and touch for the game, or the AFL need to give them the direction that emotions can run high, as they should, because if a player is not an emotional out on the field, it means he doesn't give a shit. So that's not a player you want out on the field anyway. So you're um, saying Geelong, Geelong don't do any dissent then because they're not. <laughs> the, well, there's the other shooting. signs. There's obviously other signs, but that's a sign as well. Yeah. Um, I wish they would, I wish they would show dissent. It means they're showing something. Yeah. There, there's a difference between questioning an umpire decision and abusing an umpire, and I don't think we've got any cases of umpire abuse. No. I, I, I think they need to make it that it is actual abuse. They shouldn't call it dissent. It should be just abuse because yeah. you should be able to go, oh, come on. And leave it at that. If maybe if you you repeatedly like a broken record on the one incident, fair enough. But if but it's you just a, a one off for that, and say, "Hang on a minute," just say, "You know what? I'm the umpire. I'm making the decisions." Mm-hmm. And if he's, but but that stuff shouldn't come into play until the second half, really, should it? Like if the guy's been doing it all day, mm. and you say to him, "Look, next time you question me, I'm just gonna gonna give you a." pay a free kick against you or whatever, that's fine. Mm. But just if, if he's just saying, oh, what was that for? Or have a look at the screen. I wasn't holding him or whatever. Mm. Umpires need to have a thicker skin than that. Yeah, yeah I think um, yeah, some common sense, I think. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Just before we say who ruined that, I just got one honorary mention for one of the players that probably should have got should get votes since and killed as the best and fairest for round three. Redmond, thanks for playing. <laughs> Did he did he hit more St Kilda players by foot than any St Kilda player? And, <laughs> and, he just also about may, and he also may have given away a couple of fifties. Yeah, he was an absolute ripping. He he was in St Kilda's best five. Oh, absolutely! He was atrocious, wasn't he? No, I won't take anything away from the guys that actually like Mason Wood, Cal Wilkie. That they were definitely better than him, but he's definitely top five. All right, anyway, quickly, uh, yeah. quick, quickly, so the game's coming up for our boys anyway. So uh, Good Friday, 
Talton gets gets their chance to play on Good Friday against North. I'll be I'll the doggies have been like doggies have been ousted. They're saying it's a sellout. Uh, Marvel Stadium, I can I can imagine that. It's a Carlton um, but make, big club. Make no mistake, that's got very little to do with North Melbourne. No, yeah, there'll, be, right. there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of blue there. Uh, yeah, the darker shade and more so yes. than the lighter yeah, shade. Yeah, more shade than the lighter shade. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, where, where are Geelong the Saints, playing? The Saints have got uh, that's that's last is uh, Geelong. Um, the Saints have got the uh, the Gold Coast Suns at Marble Stadium, which will be no we'll pushover at Kim's End. Which I will well, be just, going to. You'll be going just to quickly. No, no pushover just the quickly, Suns. Uh, well, look, the Saints. No. We're, we're obviously come up, become accustomed to Saints at Marvel, but. Um, they covered the MCG really well on the weekend. Well, it's a uh, Ross Lyons mantra: anywhere, anytime, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, I I reckon it'll be a tough game. Hopefully, we can get the cook, the chocolates. And um, where who are Geelong got and where? Uh, the traditional Easter Monday clash with Hawthorne on Easter Monday at the MCG. Dollar uh, eighteen Geelong at four ninety five. You can get for Hawthorne. What's oh, the line? Geez. Have we, we got a Have we got a bonus bet? Um, well, if we do, we no. might as well just put it on on Hawthorne. But um, out for a win. Yeah, why not? Um, there'd be worse bets out there. And, um, and, and, yeah, and, Geelong, and Geelong don't deserve to be that heavy a favourite, and the line is thirty-one and a half. So the worst case scenario is if you're a punter, back Hawthorne at the line. Yeah, how we <clears> how we're going to get thirty-one points ahead at some point? It's not me, but we'll say. There so, just on that, knowing that the clock's ticking, um, Josh Watson will enjoy your editing skills as per normal, and hopefully for you, your Collingwood keep winning, and he'll be using Zaggy 2's tunes um, for our music. And Woody, how can they reach us on social media? Um, just hit on search for NPO Sports on Facebook. Um and you'll find us there, or alternatively, Twitter at NPO underscore sport. Um, awesome. And, yeah, we'll, um, we'll reply to a few things on there. All right. All right. So, and a, and a so, hoo- hooroo from the three of us. <laughs>